Hello, hello. What time is it? It's Silly and Sissy time. Yay! I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Oh my. I see Gatsby. I see Bubba. And I see little Cory and Pink Bear too. And I see Abigail and Cedars. And I see you. Yay! Thanks for joining me for story time. Thanks for joining me on this day of, of the 4th of July in the USA. We celebrate this day for when we broke free of England and we were free people and love and hope and steady. We are free. We broke our chains. So today we had a revolution. We had a revolution 200 and something years ago. Today is the day that we are free. And we fought to be free. Let's fight again and remember who we are. Let's have a freedom. Let's revolt. And be free, and be free. Happy 4th of July, kiddos! Yay! Wow, I'm so glad that you're here today with me. And we can do some stories on this magical day of the 4th of July. What did you do today? Well, I... I made some sweet potato... I made some sweet potato, not pie, but that's a whole nother story. I made some sweet potato, sweet potatoes. I made some sweet potato fun. Yes, I did. Sweet potato, potato salad with pickles and everything yummy, yummy in my tummy. That's right and olives and eggs and a little mayonnaise and mix it all together and you got something yummy yummy in your tummy that's true and I had some watermelon and I had some some delicious what did I have some very delicious strawberry shortcakes so that's yummy yummy and I had the calzone and I had a Twinkie, and you're thinking, my God, how much can this girl eat? I had a lot, a lot. I had a Twinkie, and I can eat a lot. Uh, a calzone, half a calzone, because it's a holiday. Yay, for holidays. You get to eat whatever you want. And um, that was it. And I watched Hamilton. That's a good one. You want to educate about America and the Revolution. Watch Hamilton. It's on Disney Plus if you can get it. Alright guys. Well it's story time again. We're here to tell a story. We left off with the little prince and um he just left his friend the wolf and the flowers, the fox. Good morning, said the little prince. Good morning said the railway switchman. What do you do here? the little prince asked. 
I sort out travelers in bundles of a thousand, said the switchman. I send out the trains that carry them. Now to the right, now to the left. And brilliantly light exposed trains shook the switchman's cabin as it rushed by with a roar like a thunder. Roar. They're in a great hurry, said the little prince. What are they looking for? Not even the locomotive engineer knows that, said the switchman. In a second, brilliantly light express thundered by in the opposite direction. And they're coming back already? demanded the little prince. These are not the same ones, said the switchman. It is an exchange. Well, they're not satisfied where they were, asked the little prince. No one is ever satisfied where he is, said the switchman. And they heard the roaring thunder of the third brilliantly lighted express. Are they pursuing the first travelers, demanded the little prince. They are pursuing nothing at all, said the switchman. They are asleep in there, or if they are not asleep, they are yawning. Only the children are flattening their noses against the window panes. Only the children know what they are looking for, said the little prince. They devote their time to a rag doll, and it becomes very important to them. And if anyone takes it away from them, they cry. They are lucky, the switchman said. Good morning, said the little prince. Good morning, said the merchant. This was, there was a merchant who sold pills that had been invented to quench thirst. You need only swallow one pill a week, and you would feel no need of anything to drink. Why are you selling those? asked the little prince. Because they serve a tremendous amount of time. Because they save a tremendous amount of time, said the merchant. Computations have been made by experts. With these pills, you save 53 minutes in every week. And what, I, what would I do with these 53 minutes? Anything you like. As for me, said the little prince to himself, if I had 53 minutes to spend as I liked, I should have walked at my leisure toward a spring of fresh water. It was now the eighth day since I had my accident in the desert, and I listened to the story of the merchant as I was drinking the last drop of my water supply. Ah, as I said to the little prince, these memory of yours are very charming, but I have yet succeeded in repairing my plane. If I have nothing more to drink, and I too should be very happy, if I could walk at my leisure toward the spring of fresh water. My friend the fox, the little prince said to me, My dear little man, there is no longer a matter that has anything to do with the fox. Why not? Because I'm about to die of thirst. He did not follow my reasoning, and he answered me, It is a good thing to have a friend, even if it is about to die. I, for instance, am very glad to have a fox as a friend. He has no way of guessing the danger, I said to myself. He has never been either hungry or thirsty. A little sunshine is all he needs. But he looked at me steadily and replied to my thought, I am thirsty too. Let us look for a well. I made a gesture of weariness. It is too absurd to look for a well at random in the immensity of the desert. But nevertheless, we started walking. When we had trudged along for several hours in silence, darkness fell and the stars began to come out. Thirst has made me a little feverish and I looked at them as if I were in a dream. The little prince's last words came reeling back into my memory. Then you are thirsty too, I demanded, but he did not reply to my question. He merely said to me, water may also be good for the thirst. I did not understand this answer, but I said nothing. I knew very well that it was impossible to cross-examine them. He was tired. He sat down. I sat down beside him, and after a little silence, he spoke again. The stars are people because of a flower that cannot be seen. I replied, yes, that is so. And without saying anything, and without saying anything, 
I looked across the ridges of sand that were stretched out before us in the moonlight. The desert is beautiful, the little prince added. And that was true. I had always loved the desert. One sits down on a desert sand dune, sees nothing, hears nothing. Yet through the silence, something throbs and gleams. What makes the desert beautiful, said the little prince, is that somewhere it hides a well. I was astonished by a sudden understanding of that mysterious radiation of the sands. When I was a little boy, I lived in an old house, and the legend told us that a treasure was buried there. To be sure, no one had ever known how to find it. Perhaps no one had ever even looked for it, but it cast an enchantment over that house. My home was hiding a secret in the depths of its heart. Yes, I said to the little prince, the house, the stars, the desert, what gives them their beauty is something that is invisible. I am glad that you agree with my fox. As the little prince dropped off to sleep, I took him in my arms and set out walking once more. I felt deeply moved and stirred. It seemed to me that I was carrying a very fragile treasure. It seemed to me even that there was nothing more fragile on earth. In the moonlight, I looked at his pale forehead, his closed eyes, his locks of hair that trembled in the wind. I said to myself, what I see here is nothing but a shell. What I see is most important is invisible. As his lips opened silently with the suspicion of a half smile, I said to myself again, what moves me so deeply about this little prince who is sleeping here is his loyalty to a flower. The image of a rose that shines through his whole being like the flame of a lamp, even when he is asleep, and I fell asleep to be more fragile still. And I felt him to be more fragile still. I felt the need of protecting him as if, as if he himself was a flame that might be extinguished by a little puff of wind. And as I walked on, so I found the well at daybreak. Men, said the little prince, set out on the way and express trains, but they do not know what they are looking for. Then they rush about and get excited and turn around and around, and he added, It is not worth the trouble. The well that we had come to was not like the wells of the Sahara. The wells of the Sahara are men holes dug in the sand. This one is like a well in a village, but there was no village here, and I thought I must be dreaming. It is strange, I said to the little prince. Everything is ready for us, the pulley, the bucket, the rope. He laughed, touched the rope, and set the pulley to working, and the pulley moaned like an old weather vane, which the wind had long since forgotten. Do you hear, said the little prince? We have wakened the well, and it is singing. I did not want him to tire himself with the rope. Leave it to me, I said. It is too heavy for you. I hoisted the bucket slowly to the edge of the well, and sat it there, happy. Tired as I was over my achievement, the sound of the pulley was still in my ears. I could see the sunlight shimmer in the still trembling water. I am thirsty for this water, said the little prince. Give me some of it to drink. And I understood what, his, what he had been looking for. I raised the bucket to his lips. He drank, his eyes closed. It was as sweet as something special, festive, treat. The water was indeed a different thing from ordinary nourishment. Its sweetness was born of the walk under the stars. The song of the pulley... The effort of my arms, it was good for the heart, like a present. When I was a little boy, the lights of the Christmas tree, the music of the midnight mass, the tenderness of smiling faces used to make up so the used to make up so the radiance of the gifts I received. The men where you live, said the little prince, raised five thousand roses in the same garden, and they do not find it in what they are looking for. They do not find it, I replied.
And yet, what they are looking for could be found in one single rose or in a little water. Yes, that is true, I said. And the little prince added, But the eyes are blind. One must look with the heart. I had drunk the water. I breathed easily at sunrise. The sand is the color of honey. And that honey color was making me happy, too. What brought me then, this sense of grief? You must keep your promise, said the little prince, softly, as he sat down beside me once more. What promise? You know a muzzle for my sheep. I am responsible for the flower. I took my rough draft of drawings out of my pocket. The little prince looked them over and laughed as he said, Your baboos, they look a little like cabbages. Oh, I've been so proud of my baboos. Your fox, his ears look a little like horns, and they are long. And he laughed again. You're not fair, little prince, I said. I don't know how to draw anything except boat constructors from the outside and boat constructors from the inside. Oh, that would be all right. He said, children understand. So then I made a pencil sketch of a muzzle. And as I gave it to him, my heart was torn. You have plans I did not know about, I said. But he did not answer me. He said to me instead, you know, my descent to the earth tomorrow will be its anniversary. Then after a silence, he went on. I came down very near here. And he flushed. And once again, without understanding why, I had a queer sense of sorrow. One question, however, occurred to me. Then it was not by chance that in the morning when I first met you a week ago, you were strolling along like that, all alone, a thousand miles from any inhabited region. You were on your way back to the place where you landed. The little prince flushed again, and I added with some hesitancy, perhaps it was because of the anniversary? The little prince flushed once more. He never answered questions, but when flushes, but when one flushes, does that mean yes? Ah, I said to him, I am a little frightened. But he inter interrupted me. Now you must work. You must return to your engine. I'll be waiting for you here. Come back tomorrow evening. But I was not reassured. I remember the fox. One runs the risk of weeping a little if one lets himself be tamed. <sighs> well, we shall end this tomorrow. We just got one more chapter to go. So let's end it tomorrow. How about it? Thanks for listening to the story of the little prince. So, on that note, yes, when you when you find tame, when you find something that tames you, that's good. Or when you're tamed by something. Always let people tame you. Always let people tame you. My name is Alicia Silly Aunt Sissy. My name is Alicia Silly Aunt Sissy. And I am here for you. Thanks for listening to Silly Aunt Sissy. And I see you. Goodbye. I'm waving goodbye to Bubba and to Gatsby and little Corey and Abigail and Pink Panther and you. Happy Fourth of July. And if you're listening other places, I hope you understand a little bit more about America and the 4th of July, and the revolution. All right. Well, thanks for listening. It was a very important day here, and happy birthday. Go have some cake for America. Yay, goodbye.